We are stoned and that's okay. So why don't you just stay? Sit back and listen. You don't know what you're missing. It's talking stone while getting sports. Fellow humans, you're listening to Talking Stone while getting sports. Episode 166. My name, the beautiful Mr. Morgan. Why did I throw a Mr. in there? I don't know. The guy that's somewhat good looking, Mr. Austin. How the fuck is it going, buddy? It's going good. Uh, contrary to what Morgan might tell you, it's my birthday weekend. So, um, shut up. We had this discussion last night. Your birthday is cool. 27th. Well, it's my birthday weekend. Anyway. Nice so, um, liquid there, sir. Yeah, I'm thirsty. Um, so I'm getting a tattoo today. Ooh. Uh, another one to add to my collection. Uh, I'm getting an owl. So it's funny you said ooh, because it almost sounds like whoo. Where are you getting, big boy? <laughs> what? Not in. The fuck Where are you getting it? <laughs> uh, on my left arm, where I have all my other nature stuff. Um, ah, nature. So that would be good. Um, we're also going to have a day where all the meals are just breakfast. Uh, my lovely wife is going to make me breakfast all day, which is great. I love For breakfast. For a second, I thought you said all the meals, not meals. So I meals. thought you were just going to eat a bunch of meals or something. Oh, what? Well, because you said something about meals, right? Yeah, for all the meals, yeah. they're going to be breakfast. Yeah, and so meals, I thought you said meals. Mm. All the meals are going to be breakfast. Yeah, we're going to eat a mule for every meal for breakfast. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, so we're going to do... And then tomorrow, I think I'm going on a little bit of a road trip around the island because it's been a while. Um, so that'll be cool. And uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a pretty slick weekend. How about yourself? What have you, uh, you been up to? Um, well, since recorded, I played some baseball. We didn't do very well. Um, I have another game today. We'll see how that goes for me. Um, I'll explain in a second here. <laughs> um, what else? Wednesday, I hung out with my amazing girlfriend. Um, didn't really do much. Got a couple board games from the thrift store. Got uh, Snakes and Ladders. That's a classic. And, well, it gets a little... Stay on the classic train here. Choo-choo. Um operation what the game operation yeah oh that game as well (laughs) oh yeah sorry i'm a little bit stoned i'm not gonna lie (laughs) i can tell it's taking you five years to uh for your brain to operate five years let's be okay four and a half thank you 
Um, no, we played both of them. Um, the buzzer on Operation. I've actually never played Operation. This is my first time. Oh shit! But I, the buzzer on it doesn't work. What I do know is that my girlfriend should be a surgeon because goddamn it, she's good at that game. Oh really? Yeah, I, I don't even stand a chance. I buzz every time. Oh, I mean the light turns on, doesn't buzz, but right. Um, but if it did buzz, it would be buzzing. Yeah, it would be a buzz party up in here. Okay. Uh, I don't know what where I'm going with this. What else did I do? Oh yes, the reason why slow pitch today uh, might be a interesting situation. And that is because while I was working, we're, we have three rentals right now because three of our four trucks were like, that's all break at the same time. Jesus. So, but the rentals we're using have like old school lifts on it, ones that you have to unfold yourselves. And Whoa. I was doing that and it slipped and it decided to get me in the inner part of the knee right on like the little calf muscle oh jesus um and for all the people out there that aren't aware steel very heavy steel yeah plus gravity plus flesh and muscle um (laughs) is not a good combination (laughs) not generally no you don't win that battle. Um, I'd rather have a cut almost anywhere else. The fact that it's in the part of my body that I bend every time I take a step. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Right on the muscle. It's it's keeping everything real tight. So I might need a pinch runner today in baseball. I'm playing third base, so... I don't have to move around too much, so there's that. Not too, too much, no. So, I don't know. It doesn't look too infected. So we should be fine. Um, That's good. Let's get through some plugs, because I don't know why we keep doing that. It's not like it matters, and uh, <laughs> that's the attitude. Oh, fuck. Let's get some CFL, I guess. So first things first, you're going to follow us at uh, TSWGSPod on TikTok, on X, even though I don't post anymore, and on Instagram. Uh, follow me at FitzDFitzGerald, wherever you find people, uh, except for on TikTok. It's different now. Or maybe that is my user. I can't remember. Anyway, um, it's not that important. But you're going to rate, review, download the show, subscribe, all that good stuff. I did, I will say, I did actually, sorry, just talking about social media and Twitter, I had a tweet blow up yesterday. Oh, shit, five retweets or what? More like 50 and over 160 likes. Oh, shit, you're fucking famous, bro. Yeah, almost 15,000 impressions or views, not bad, not bad. Um, I know that's, that's tiny potatoes to, like, actually... You know, if, famous if you people. Could direct some of that over to our podcast. That would be fan fucking fantastic. 
Well, I know it's funny because I, because I afterwards I was like, God, I wish that was about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you should just go in there and have a comment. Just TSWGS pod. Just, oh, by while you're here, <laughs> the heat on the on the uh, on the tweet is over now. It's been a day, so fair. The internet um, forgets. Was the tweet even sport related? Not even in the slightest. So you bring it up on the stone. Was it stoner re- related? It could be a stoner thought, potentially. Okay, because I'm just wondering why you brought it up on this fucking stoner sports podcast. Because I have nowhere else to talk about it. Well, are you done bragging? Can I say yeah. my plugs? I Yes. Okay, Captain Morgan 2, figure it out from there. Fuck. Um, right? I'm a depth thinker. If you guys listen to my uh, CFL segment part that you're both to, you would understand why. Uh, why am I saying these things? They make no sense, Morgan. Shut I don't up, know. Morgan. Now I'm talking to myself. Now you're talking to you. You got to stop, my dude. Do I know? <laughs> well... Um, podcast if you're gonna talk to yourself, <laughs> saves me a few bucks. It does not. Bucks. You're right. It probably <laughs> cost me more. What money would it save? What? Hmm. CFL. Can I do that now? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Um, do I want to though? Um, well, the Riders, their CFL team that sucks, but I like them, and the Hunter Red Blacks are another CFL team that sucks, and I hate them. Um, and it was a battle of teams Crumb. that suck. Um, I, I'll get to crumb in a sec. Um, the Riders were actually keeping me. Well, actually, I should say the score. They lost thirty-six to twenty-eight in Ottawa. They there's a jet going over at my house, and it's quite loud and annoying. Well, I don't hear it, so I'm glad you brought attention to something that we can't hear. Well, distract me, Austin. Priorities. Um, Jake Dogella. He's, well, actually, he started off fantastic. I think he went 11 straight completions. By the end of the night, 26 to 37, 279 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Um, I don't really remember exactly what happened on the first inter- interception, but the second one, um, he got hit as he threw and the ball floated and it was an easy pick. And I don't really argue or, um, put that on him. I still think until Trevor Harris comes back, which... He should be back practicing by the end of this month, which is a couple weeks sooner than what people thought. 
Um, so if he plays at all, like people are saying the injury that Trevor Harris suffered, um, like you broke his around his knee in three different places. Like it really should be season ending injury, but that guy, he's, uh, he's pretty healthy. So I guess that helps. But anyways, I still think Jake is, even though Mason Fine is now healthy, I say stay with Jake. Um, the Riders should have won this game. They did make a game out of it in the last couple minutes in the fourth quarter, which, silly me, I ended up not uh, partaking watching because it was looking horrible. So I turned my TV off with like two minutes to go. And I could have had a little bit of excitement. Although the first quarter and most of the second quarter for the Riders was actually quite entertaining. Um, they were running the ball. Frankie Hickson overall had nine carries, 77 yards. They went away in the second half. From the run for whatever reason. I hate when they do that. Um, yeah. Like why do you stop doing. Like I understand they were losing. But they were only losing by. Like score at that point. So. I say stick to your game plan. He was a fucking beast. Average of 8.6. With only a long of 18 yards. So it's. Every carry he was getting close to the first down. So um, right. they went away from that. And shocking, the, uh, the offense wasn't able to move the ball as much in the second half. And that's when Ottawa, well, I mean, it really started in last minute of the third or second quarter when... I think if I remember correctly, Jake threw a pick six there. And then they ended up getting the ball back. And then they fumbled it and gave the ball right back to Ottawa in field goal range. So right there, 10 points. Ottawa goes into the half with the lead. I believe that point it was... 1814. Oh, shit. Something like that. And if I really wanted to figure out, I could do some math. I'm looking at the score right now. But I guess it's 13 to 19. Yeah, that's math. Um, so, like, like I said, they were, the riders were still in it. Um, but then the second half happened. And the fucking wide receivers need to figure out to not eat their buttery-ass popcorn prior to playing football. Because that's what it looked like. Because they could not hang on to the football. They are dropping passes like crazy. Um fumbling the ball like crazy. Yes, 
Jake Delgala also had two fumbles himself. Um, the, I think it was five or six turnovers to that Ottawa had to Riders one turnover. Um, oh, damn. They're lucky that they're within one score of this game. Because if they're playing against anyone else, it would have been a bloodbath. You cannot give that many turnovers. Um, they're now on a three-game losing streak. And luckily, they did get some help in the uh, other games this, um, this week. So which we'll get to, but Dustin Crumb, I should keep on moving along here so Austin can have some time to talk about hockey. Uh, 21 out of 26, 243 yards, two touchdowns. He also had five carries, 53 yards, and one rushing touchdown. Yeah. The Riders rushing defense. Well, the Riders defense in general, the past three games have been atrocious. I did not say that word right. Yeah, just don't worry about it. Like, Devontae Williams, like Ottawa, I think they're eighth in the league for rushing, so they have not been rushing the ball well, but as soon as they play the Riders, they get 22 carries for 136 yards. Like it's it's just so frustrating. They lost to Edmonton, they lost to Ottawa. Sure one of those losses bandable, but like like I said, luckily, um they got some help in the uh other games this week. Speaking of which BC Lions in Edmonton this game was actually quite exciting. Um, I'd even probably say game of the week myself. Ooh. Yeah. And that's involving the Elks. Um, this is the first game that they played against BC that they actually scored any points. Damn. <laughs> I guess third time is the charm. <laughs> I mean, they still yeah. lost 37 to 29. I said that kind of weird, but um, you guys. Can no, I think it was fine. What? I think it was fine. Do you, though? No. Okay. That's what I figured. I knew you were lying. Um, my <laughs> brain is slowly turning off, and it's still the start of the podcast. It's not a good start. Um, yeah, Burnham Adams Jr. went 16 for 26, 265 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, one of them being a pick six. Edmonton's defense, I feel like this is was one of their best games they played all season. Um, it was actually very fun to watch. Another team. That's been struggling to run though. Um, 
is BC, although this game, Taquan Mizell got 16 carries for 112 yards. I believe BC's actually in last place when it comes to rushing um, below Ottawa. So, but yet they're fighting for first place in the West. So, I mean, I don't know. The West is not strong. No, this entire, like, like I already said, it's, we're so lucky as a Ryder fan, so lucky that uh, Edmonton sucked for half of the year. Calgary's slipping hard. Um, that's the only reason why we have any chance of playoffs right now. Here, one second. I got to interrupt you. Um, for whatever reason, on my end, it has gotten extremely quiet, and I can barely hear you. Um, I think it is on my end, so I think we might have to stop and then start recording again. All right. Okay. I will invite you right right away again. Okay. Well, Austin, don't you just love technology? Because um, apparently, while we were recording, on one of our ends, we decided to get real quiet, and that doesn't really work too well for a podcast when you can't hear the other person. Yeah, not. Uh, it's pretty rough when the <laughs> you can't communicate on a thing where the whole thing is communication. So, we are back. It seems to be working. Um, I was just about, I believe, was just about to move on to the Edmonton Elks stats in the BC Lions and the Edmonton Elks game. Um, Trey Ford went 20 for 27, 182 yards, two touchdowns, Zero interceptions. Um, honestly, at the start or after the first quarter, I thought this BC was going to run away with this game because they scored 21, to, 21 points to Edmonton 7 in the first quarter alone. But then, like I said, the Elks defense played one of their best games and they... Oh, excuse me. They put their work boots on after that point and helped the Elks' offense um, be able to be put into opportunities to make a game of this. And hell, they even scored some points themselves. So that definitely doesn't hurt. I mean, All- no. <laughs> BC Lions, this game, they were actually able to figure out Trey Ford, though. Um, he only had five carries for 43 yards, which is very low for, um, well, actually their entire rushing game, they 
we're like, well, Edmonton, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us to the air. And turns out they're not quite able to do that. Um, it's kind of a bummer because I had both Trey Ford and Kevin Brown in my fantasy. Ooh. And, I mean, at this point it didn't matter, but I also had the Elks to beat BC in my second game of my four-game parlay that I would have made $70 on. But, Not today. like I said, at this point it already didn't matter because the riders already ruined that for me. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, don't you just love your team? Uh, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Moving on to the next game. Um, Montreal Alouettes playing against Calgary. Montreal have lost four straight coming to this game. Calgary coming off of, off of a bye. The first half, they seem like all right, we got Montreal under control. Yes, they were losing, but only by three points. Um, very close. And then Calgary came out flat foot in the second half and lost quite horribly. Well, not horribly, but quite convincingly. I'm not sure if I said the score yet or not, but Montreal 28, Calgary 11. So it really wasn't all that close. Yes, it was only a couple scores, but um, Montreal really controlled this game from the get-go. And they're playing like a team that wants to stay in second place. Right. In the East, and Calgary did not play like a team that's trying to catch the Riders for third, which, eh, I'm not about to complain about that. <laughs> um, no? No, no. It's so nice, finally, in like over a decade, um, seeing Calgary slip off like this. It's a great feeling. It really is. Um. Cody Fajardo went 22 for 29. Great efficiency. 252 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Cody's... Um, I, I think it's safe to say Cody has found his game once again because um, Calgary's defense is... No pushover, their solid defense. It's their offense that keeps letting them down every single game, it seems like. Um, one thing I do want to bring up. Whoops, something just happened here. There, I'm back. One thing I want to bring up with this whole Montreal thing is that they're finally using William Stanback. I don't know why. It took them this long. He had 14 carries, 81 yards. Um, and he was running around like he uh, had something to prove. 
And he probably does because he's been used very little. And he's been known to be one of the best running backs in the league. And I still feel like he is. And for Jason Moss to not be using him more is baffling. But for whatever reason, Jason Moss has always refused to run the ball as much as he should. Jake Mayer went 29 for 37, 271 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, that really says it all. The, um, I believe the first interception, if I remember correctly, was a pick six. And put Calgary in a hole early, and they just could not get out of it. Kadeem Carey, um, he's had limited action. He has been injured. Arguably the best running back in the league. He had 10 carries, 70 yards. Um, if Calgary has any hope of making playoffs, they're going to have to lean on Kadeem Carey a lot more. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Mm. Um and, well, for Calgary's fan side, at least. Um, yeah. Last game to talk about. I'll just get through this one a little bit quicker. Because two, two weeks in a row, I'm actually really excited to talk hockey. So, Hamilton Tiger Cats going to Toronto. Last week, Toronto already locked up first place in the East. They guaranteed the bye in the playoffs, which is huge, especially since they have no more buys in the regular season. And the Hamilton Tiger Cats are fighting for a playoff spot in the East. Um, but fell short. Argonauts scored 29 to Tiger Cats 14 and ended up sweeping all three games against Tiger Cats. And, I mean, that's kind of to be expected. Argonauts are 12-1 so far this year, and I don't see any signs of them slowing down anytime soon. Um, Taylor Powell... Tiger Cats went 27 for 42. Holy shit, that's a lot of pass attempts. 334. <laughs> His arm is going to be sore. 334 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And Hamilton really didn't have any rush game. And that's not, well, I mean, when you're running 42 passing plays, it's hard to have any other plays on top of that anyway. So, true. I mean, yes, to be fair, you might be like, oh, they're playing down the entire game. But if you don't keep the defense guessing, they're just going to pin their ears back and come after you all the game. Um, Chad Kelly... I would say played one of his worst games of the season, even in a win, which is really weird to say. 17 for 26, 242 yards, 
two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, yeah, they Toronto made some big mistakes, but their defense Save kept them in it, and <laughs> they were able to do just enough to squeeze out the win. The question that everyone's been asking, though, for since they locked it up this early, um, who and if and how do you rest the guys? Um, I it's almost a it's a blessing and a curse to lock up a position, especially first place, this early. Because this is almost when you start seeing uh, more injuries happen because now players are just starting to play to not get hurt, a little bit more soft, their body softens up. <clears throat> you get hit by someone that's you know still fighting for playoffs, and then that's when shit breaks, tears, all that fantastic stuff. Yeah. So... It will be interesting to see uh, see how they work this all out for the rest of the season. But, yeah, I expect to see the Argos in Hamilton playing for the Great Cup, which that would be real tough as a Tiger Cats fan, seeing your biggest rival play. Well... Hey, as a Ryder fan from last year, I know exactly how it feels because I was at the stadium watching the Bombers. Luckily, they lost, played against the Argos in Mosaic. So, yeah, I feel your pain, Tiger Cats. And hopefully, for your sake, you can still squeak into the playoffs. And maybe, like we've seen in other sports, all you have to do sometimes is just make it in, especially in football once one and done um, for each game. So never say never. Never say never. Never. I've seen a lot crazier things happen in playoffs before. So, oh yeah. But Austin, before I've seen a team lose a Grey Cup because they couldn't count. Anyway. Fucking talk hockey. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> I hate you so much. I hope you have an allergic reaction to the ink <laughs> from your tattoo. That'd be not, weird. Not enough to like seriously injure you, but maybe put you in a hospital for one or two days. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Considering I've never had a reaction to tattoo ink, I don't think that's going to happen today. Never say never. Never will tell. <laughs> Can we talk some hockey? Yeah. Let's. Okay. Well, last week, we recorded a podcast, and then almost immediately, <laughs> it was out of date because news came out that... Uh, more context to a story that we had talked about. So, Mike Babcock, this motherfucker. 
Um, Paul Bizanet. So he's a member of the Spit and Chicklets podcast. He used to play in the NHL. Um, if you don't listen to Spit and Chicklets, it's a pretty entertaining hockey podcast. Um, Only listen to their podcast after you listen to ours, though. I'm pretty sure people, if they're listening to this, they probably listen to Chicklets. Anyway. Um, the last week, Paul basically said that he got some messages, some players reaching out and saying that Babcock was doing some inappropriate shit looking through people's phones, uh, under the guise of, well, you know, I want to learn who you are and see your family and all that good stuff and just figure out who you are as a person. And that's how it was framed by Babcock and the Columbus Blue Jackets because they came out and made a statement. After Biz uh, Biznet um, made these claims, and for some reason, a lot of people were just like, "Oh yeah, no, what Columbus said in their press conference is totally correct. Why would they ever cover up anything? Why would any team ever want to cover up anything for PR?" Yeah, that's never happened before in sports no, history. No, never. So, <laughs> so. But that wasn't good enough for the NHLPA. Um, thank goodness. They have a new uh, head of the NHLPA, Marty Walsh. Um, and this is one of his first kind of real tests. And in the past, this wouldn't have happened. But Marty Walsh himself actually went uh, with, I think, a couple members of the NHLPA to investigate. And not only... Was it not just a, oh, let me get to see your family? It was Babcock sitting there for minutes scrolling through people's phones. And, you know, some of the older veterans, not older veterans, but veterans, right? Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, mm-hmm. Boone Jenner were basically saying they weren't upset about it. Um, but there was a lot of younger players, or at least a few younger players, that were not okay with it. Um, and I get yeah, that because people's phones nowadays are like have so much sensitive information. It's private. It's private information. And honestly, like just putting it out there, if you're a young single NHL player, are you kidding me? There's going to be some photos on that phone that you don't want your coach to see. Oh, um, yes. It's <laughs> so... like. Like, I don't want to go into too much detail on that. That's not what this is about. But, you know, like, so I get why they wouldn't want their coach or anybody just scrolling through their phone and evaluating, right? Um, And, of course, you know, in my opinion, of course, Goudreau and Boone Jenner weren't upset. They're veterans. They're highly paid. Of course, they're going to get ice time. Of course, they're going to get, you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to get benched or get sent down, right? Whereas some of these younger guys... They they feared that they had to go along with it. Otherwise, you know, I'm not going to play in the show. I'm not going to make as much money. I'm not going to, like... So, once yeah. again, Mike Babcock has been gone from the game of hockey for almost four years. And what did he learn? New, higher-tech ways to make his players feel uncomfortable. And to try to manipulate them and to get into their heads and all that shit. And I just, 
if the, he's got to be done, he's got to be done in the NHL. This is yeah, I, I don't see him coming back. He had his chance, right? He had a few years out of the NHL. He could have reevaluated and decided, you know what? I'm just going to focus on the X's and O's. I'm just going to focus on because here's the thing about Mike Babcock. And some people may disagree with me, and that's fine. But Mike Babcock is not this incredible coach that everybody thinks he is. I don't I don't think, personally. Because, oh, well, he won in Detroit. Yeah? Okay. Me and Morgan probably could have won as coaches in Detroit with that stacked <laughs> What team. are you saying, sir? <laughs> with that stacked team? Are you kidding me? No, you're not wrong. I and mean, we kind of, we talked about that last episode as well where Yeah. So and and oh, okay. He won in international play. Well, who was he coaching? Team fucking Canada. Okay. Like do you have to be an expert coach to coach a team full of some of the best players ever? <laughs> yeah. You're you not know? wrong. <laughs> like and I I'm I I just and this is not the first. This is not the first shit he's pulled. He, I don't know. Some of you may remember. Some of you may not. But it is uh, early on uh, within his Toronto Maple Leafs tenure. At one point, he sat Mitch Marner down and asked him to rank the entire team um, in in terms of how hard hard workers they were. So basically, he had to put some players at the bottom of the list. He, Babcock made him do it, and and then the list got out. I don't know if Babcock did it or not, but then these players are mad at him. And yeah, that's weird. Like situation. it's a weird shit to do. And then so on a more recent episode of Spit and Chicklets, um, they had Chris Chelios on, who is. Uh, considered to be one of the best defensemen of all time, right? Long, long mm-hmm. career, played into his 40s, played for Babcock for years. And he was on the show, and he basically was talking about, like, I don't think Chelios got it too bad. Like, they would fight back and forth, but Chelios really didn't put up with the shit. Um, and Chelios, I don't, is he's not a guy you want to fuck with even now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't. Um, but he was saying, do you remember Johan Franzen? Mm-hmm. So I guess the abuse, like verbal abuse that Babcock threw towards Franzen saying that, you know, he's weak for being injured and he's fat and nobody likes it. Like literally like bullying, like high school bullying shit. Um, there's a long, lengthy history of awful behavior. So, sure, he won some games. He won a cup. He won Olympic gold. Yeah. But he was basically gifted some of the better teams, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and one last one last little, uh, little point there I wanted to make. Um, he... Oh, no. Oh, no. It was right there. <laughs> oh, I hate when that happens. Oh, shit. But he just... I don't know. So, 
He's out. Um, Columbus uh, brings in, I think uh, Pascal Vincent was maybe the assistant coach or something or in the minor leagues, but he gets a chance to be a head coach, which honestly, great. A new face in the NHL as a head coach. I love it. Yeah, and the thing is, like, he's not just, like, brought in as an interim head coach. I think he got, like, a, what, two-year contract? Yeah, they're like, hey, you're the coach now. So, uh, oh, okay. Sorry, I remembered. The one last thing is the quote from Mike Babcock after the resignation. Upon reflection, it has become clear that continuing as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets was going to be too much of a distraction, Babcock said in a statement released by the team. While I'm disappointed to not have had the opportunity to continue the work we've begun, I know it's in the best interest of the organization for me to step away at this time. I wish everyone in the organization well in the upcoming season. And, ah, that's a bunch of words to basically not apologize yeah. Did you hear an apology in there anywhere for his behavior? Not an official one. This no. Is it's... Unofficial, official apologies. Yeah, yeah, but it's he's a fancy talker, and he's a smart guy. I, I'm not saying he's not. He's an intelligent man, but and intelligent men have a way of using their words to say a lot without really saying much. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and saying, oh, he was a distraction. Yeah, you could say that again. Anyway, but anyway. good on them to make the change prior to train camp starting. So that like instead of waiting like partway through the season or whatever, because right now it's a lot easier to make these type of changes than any other time. So yeah, and um, and also props to the NHLPA. I will say, uh, for investigating mm-hmm. and realizing, you know what? No, this wasn't okay behavior. Um, which speaks volumes, right? You want an NHL, you want a PA that cares about the players. It's in a players association, right? And yeah. previous, it seems like they're just kind of very passive and just go along with the NHL, but this is what we need. Players rights, hundred percent. Um, now on to a, I think a more fun story. Oh, yeah. So the Ottawa Senators have officially, the sale of the Ottawa Senators has finally been made official. Uh, the NHL has approved it. Um, Michael Andlar has, so he, uh, I'm trying to remember what he does. Um, there's an Andlar group. I can't remember what the business is, but he, um, Basically, when he found out, you know, Melnick stepped down and uh, passed away, uh, he was very interested in the team. And I think this is going to be great for the Senators organization. Um, no offense and, and not to speak ill will of, of the dead, um, but Eugene Melnick initially was very good for the Senators. In fact, saved the team originally when he came on uh, because they were on the verge of either going broke or leaving. Um, But then eventually, after his divorce, became very cheap 
and didn't want to spend any money on players and staff and this and that. And eventually got to the point where nobody was coming because the team was shit. Um, I just, I think this is good for them. I think this is going to help them get a arena closer to Ottawa, if not in Ottawa downtown, uh, which will massively help with attendance because the senators don't play in Ottawa. <laughs> so if they could play in Ottawa, I think that would really help. Uh, everyone thinks it would really help. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. And while you're, chit chat in there i did do a quick little google search and found out exactly what michael and lauer mm-hmm. does he is according to wikipedia he is the founder of business ats healthcare acrystics bulldog capital partners and elder healthcare group did you say ats healthcare ETS Healthcare, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I actually see the truck delivered to the PharmaSaver across from my work there. Yeah, and then Bulldog Capital, Capital, Capital Partners and Andlauer Healthcare Group. So he's okay. in the healthcare type business. So hell yeah. And he also. Um, Seems like he also owns a team in the OHL as well, the Bramford Bulldogs Ontario Hockey League. So, yeah, it looks like he owns. Clearly, a guy who knows about hockey is aware of hockey. Yeah, some of the owners in the league, and he's Canadian. So, uh, yeah. So it's a win-win all around, and it's. Honestly, been long time coming to finally have the centers sold. Um, yeah, we've heard many rumors over the years, and just it's good to put that behind them. Wasn't easy, it seems like. Um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how much they sold it for. I think it was a billion. Uh, yeah, around neighborhood of one billion US. <laughs> Which, when you consider that Melnick, I think paid something like a hundred million for the team, that's a pretty good investment. Not too shabby, not too shabby. And his daughter, excuse me, sorry, his daughters uh, also do retain, I believe, ten percent. Um, which was like part of the conditions of the sale. Um, so they're taken care of, which is good, but yeah, 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 yeah. For some reason, I thought I saw 650 million was what it was actually sold for. I guess maybe that's Canadian or that's American. American, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, it's a lot of money, regardless, yeah, but. Friend, I'm excited to talk about this next well, stuff. Last week, we uh, we decided to do the Eastern Conference, kind of look into prediction, whatever you want to talk about, uh, projection. And this week, because we're getting so darn close, we decided we want we would talk about the conference that really matters. 
conference is definitely closest to mine, Austin's heart. Of 100%. (laughs) Because we're talking Western Conference. Now, before we get to our division, I think I'll start off in the Central. uh, Because that's how the article is listed out here, so... And <laughs> before you, we really dig any depth into it, I do just want to give a warning. This episode, again, just like last week's, might potentially go a little longer than our the hour goal. The yeah, I think last week goal, was like but... an hour and 15, I think, something like that. Yeah, because we can talk hockey, me and Awesome, when we get real into it, so... Well, in fact, we get so much into hockey that we did the podcast last night while we were playing hockey. Um, yeah, after I beat Austin finally as the LA Kings when he was the Maple Leafs. So I'll throw that in there. But like you said, the next time we play. It's not going to be fun for me because I don't win very often. <laughs> buddy, it's not even going to be fun for me. <laughs> it's just going to be something I need to do. And- yeah. Anyway, so Colorado recently, uh, not this past season, but the season before, having won the Stanley Cup, good for them. They uh, recently paid Nathan McKinnon, so he's going to be making a smidge over Connor McDavid. Um, now. An interesting move that the Colorado Avalanche have done, and I think not a lot of people are talking about it, because, and I get it, uh, but Jonathan Drouin, bringing Drouin in on a one-year deal. Drouin has had a hit-or-miss career so far in the NHL, but these two played together in junior and had absolutely incredible – McKinnon and Drouin, I believe. Uh, I mean, uh, had incredible chemistry in junior – I think it could be interesting. Obviously, it was a few years ago, but I think it could be interesting, and this could potentially be a way to kind of revive Dren's uh, career. He was a high draft pick, um, but hasn't really panned out to those expectations. Um, could be interesting to see. Yeah, but... I don't see any drop-off really happening with the Avalanche this year. They didn't have any last year when they, you know lost a few players to, you know, like lots of teams usually do after winning the cup and stuff like that. Um, they were still, you know, top in their division and whatnot. So I, I expect to see similar things. They're going to be the team to beat in the West. I feel like, uh, about that, but I did forget that they brought in Ryan Johansson. Um, as a center on the second line. I definitely forgot about that. Um, I don't know. It could be interesting for the Avalanche. I don't think the Avalanche are the team to beat in the West. Well, I'm going to be curious to uh, hear your what you think will be the team to beat when we come across it, I guess. You're goddamn right. So we got the Dallas Stars. They signed Matt Duchesne. To a oh, one year contract. We also saw this year. God damn. What's that? I, I was just mumbling kind of to myself, but not really to myself. But Dallas Stars are also going to be pretty solid this year, I feel like. Oh, yeah. As long as they got Jake Ottinger in that, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Jason Robertson, all those dudes. Anyway, 
Yeah, Duchesne got bought out in Nashville. Nashville made some wholesale changes this year. Um, but Dallas, I don't know. I they're good. They're really good. I just don't know if they're great. And I don't. I, I think it takes great to win the cup. Um, I don't. Second year is um, what's his face as a full time starter in that. I'm have, drawing a blank on his name right now. Ottinger. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were right behind Colorado last year, so I don't, yeah, I don't see any, they haven't really did any, done anything to make them worse. No, but they're also all a year older and it's an already an old team. Uh, Shane doesn't make them younger. But um, we've seen what an old team like Boston can do, at least in the regular season last year. So, well, that's good for them. Where did it get them? Um, a lot farther than the two teams that are that we cheer for got. That's for sure. Yeah, but not that same result far, though. Considering how good they did in the regular season. That's true. That's but true. we got the Minnesota Wild, and the Minnesota Wild are in a rough situation cap wise because they bought out Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. So. They are going to be counting on younger players with lower salaries, uh, i.e. Marco Rossi uh, in center and defenseman Brock Faber. Could definitely help because, oh boy, do they not have any cap space. Uh, they have about $14 million in dead cap, uh, which is rough. But um, I don't know. They've still got Kirill Kaprizov. They've still got some good players for sure. Don't get me wrong. But, uh I don't, yeah, as like a Flames fan myself, um, I really wouldn't be. Now I wouldn't sleep on the Wild because they're a team that can. Cause like you said, they still got some veteran players, so they'll surprise some teams. I feel like this year, but they might be some one of the contending for the bottom feeders this year. Honestly, because. I don't see them doing all that well. No. Um, this next team had a lot of changes this offseason. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets bought out Blake Wheeler, who signed a very low contract in the Rangers, which I think is a steal of a deal. But anyway, they also traded Pierre-Luc Dubois. And the thing about that trade is, they got a lot of good pieces, right? Uh, so they stripped up Pierre-Luc Dubois, but in exchange, they got Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kapari, and Gabriel Velarde. Now, are any of those one players better than Pierre-Luc Dubois? I don't think so. No. So, but with depth, they've gotten a lot better with depth. And depth is important. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Right, having a well-rounded, uh, you know, a well-rounded team is very helpful. Look at teams like Seattle, right? Like Seattle is a very well-rounded team, in my opinion. Um, they don't have a ton of like star talent, but you don't want to play. You don't like playing against any of their lines. Um, no, they're they'll grind out lots of wins, and they're good, solid depth team. Seattle is. So. And I think Winnipeg has definitely done a good job of that with that trade bringing in some depth for a guy that really didn't want to be there. 
Now, the interesting thing with them is the futures of both Connor Hellebuck and Mark Scheifele, because they are both, this season is the last year of their deals. And Connor Hellebuck, if he hits the free agency market, he could get a big old contract. Same with Scheifele. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. We get, It could be interesting. I think in the trade light, uh, trade deadline, if the Jets are not doing well, I think they may ship out guys like Scheifele and maybe even Hellebuck because you'd rather trade them for something than, than just lose them for nothing. Well, I personally think Hellebuck is – he. I don't think he wants to stay in Winnipeg. But with that being said, I, he's not going to just fold over and not give it his all because he's going to want to uh, make the – improve his resume, I guess you could say, and make a good statement for why um, he deserves the big bucks. I mean, he's got a pretty decent body of work already. Oh, yes, but he's going... I think he's going to have a stellar season, and that could... That could be a winning situation for the Jets. And True. Yeah, he, um, like you said, he's already made a good mark for himself, but I I can see him stepping up this year. Um, I don't see him getting traded because I feel like the Jets are going to be in a too good of a spot. I don't see him getting traded at the trade deadline. Um, possibly... Yes, you won't get as much for him at this point, but possibly in the off season before his contract is actually up, you know, or like a sign in trade kind of thing. Yeah, one of those type of situations. Maybe, maybe. Um. So I mentioned this team earlier because they've made a bunch of changes. The Nashville Predators. Um, they brought in Andrew Burnett as the head coach. Barry Trotz is a GM. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, they brought in uh, as a free agent out of Toronto. They brought in Gustav Nyquist and Luke Shen, also from Toronto. Um, Philip Forsberg's back from injury. He was injured for the last couple months of the season. Um, I don't know. This could be an interesting team for sure, but I will say, uh, no matter what, they still have Roman Yossi, which is one of the best defensemen in the league. They still have UC Saros, who's been one of the best goalies in the league. This team is solid, man. It, it could be could be interesting to see what they're, they're honest. Doing. Yeah, they're definitely a crapshoot. Um, I can see them being another like this wild card type situation team because the they have made some serious changes, um, but. Like we've seen in the past, it, sometimes it takes a year or even more for those changes to really gel, especially when you have a different, you know, GM and coach and a new number one center. Those are three key um, positions. Yeah, positions that your team relies on. So, but. They also still have their goalie that's been real solid for quite some time. So 
Yeah. Um, just, well, I was just going to say you could just roll the dice on them and or flip a coin and take whatever comes up and you would uh, be just be right. fine, I feel like. I'm losing my train of thoughts here. Let's move on. So the St. Louis Blues didn't really do a whole lot, but they got a new captain, Braden Shen. Uh, Braden Shen's been there for years, and um, St. Louis finally decided it's time to hand over the reins. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not much to say on the Blues. No, some of these won't take nearly as long. And plus, we got lots of teams to kind of go through. So, yep. Uh, the Coyotes. The Coyotes, I think the big thing for them is going to be the youth movement. Uh, some of their younger guys coming in to their own and uh, getting a year older, a year more experience, but also some of these rookies. Like, uh, no, we talked about it last night. I don't know if you've watched it since. That's fair. I finally have, yep. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> so, Arizona played um, – Los Angeles Kings. in a preseason or exhibition game, rather, in Melbourne, uh, Australia. And, oh boy. Uh, now, obviously, it was just an ex- exhibition game, but <sighs> Logan Cooley, uh, rookie for the Arizona Coyotes, pulled off an absolute doozy of a move. Uh, spinorama, just dumb. And um, I love it because it was such a good highlight reel. It's like, what a good way to kind of advertise the sport to the fans in Australia. Mm -hmm. You know, be like, this is what hockey can be like. And even better sometimes, quite often, actually. Yeah, Um, especially from a team like Arizona, because I know I was making kind of a joke about this last night, how... They could have just played in Arizona, save them the money and stuff. But all honesty, if you're in Australia and if you're looking like, oh crap, this desert type of place uh, have this talented type of players, you know what? Maybe hockey isn't all that bad. Right? So, yeah, I mean... More power to the NHL for doing this type of stuff. I'm all for it. Yeah, expanding the league uh, in terms of reach, in terms of... Because then we were talking about it too, right? Like, of course, you know, people in Australia could stream games. They could do that, whatever. But to actually go to an NHL game is... It's such a cool experience. Um, It really also gives you a respect for how fast these guys are. Mm Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's lost on TV, but in person, they are so fucking quick. Like, it is, and it's funny, too, because you watch on TV and, like, boy, sometimes they fall a lot. It's like, buddy, if you were skating that fast and having to stop and turn and this and that on on a dime, like, yeah, you'd be falling down, too. Literally on blades strapped to your feet. <laughs> on a bucket, on a sheet of ice. Like, it's crazy. But, um, anyway... Moving right uh, along. Arizona oh. is still, I do want to say, they're still going to suck. I know you're mm-hmm. trying to bring a positive spin to their youth movement and all that crap. But they're, oh, I didn't they're say they were going to be good. But they could be entertaining to watch. Yep. 
And that's, I think, probably one of the more important parts of the sport, right? Their younger players will make some high highlight type goals and then they'll bring some attention to Arizona. That's will be good for the team overall. Um, but it's still kind of sad that we have an NHL team that has to rely on that type of stuff just to make make them relevant. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, okay. Last year, the Chicago Black Up, Blackhawks were absolutely shit. And <laughs> this season, they're probably still going to be pretty shit. I'm not going to lie. However. One player won't be. Huh. Maybe two. So, obviously, the Blackhawks drafted Connor Bedard. Uh, started strong. Three goals and an assist uh, at the Prospect Showcase. Now, it was a Prospect Showcase, but, I mean, a hat trick, not bad. Yeah, he's still playing against other... Potential NHL. Yeah, like... Even some players that already had probably a handful of games under their belt type deal, too. So, So, here's the thing. I think... And by no means is Chicago going to make the playoffs or anything crazy like that. But I think it could be really interesting watching him on a line with Taylor Hall. Mm -hmm. Because Taylor Hall's got a good shot. He's got a, he's, he's an underrated setup man too. And Connor Bedard is both of those things as well. I think they work very well together. Um, Who's their third person on that line? I'm trying to think. Um, they could put any one of those guys in, but maybe even like a Nick Foligno. Add some a little oh, bit of toughness be... on there. Yeah, that could be solid. But like, there's definitely going to be some exciting plays. And I think mm-hmm. Bedard, I think Bedard put up over 65 points, I think, at least. Points, um, yeah. I think I think rookie year he breaks he breaks the thirty goal mark. He's gonna get thirty three goals. And you know what? I'm gonna be crazy. Thirty three goals and forty three assists. So what's that? Seventy six points? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised about the goals, man. This guy has a insane shot. We were talking about last night. I almost compare his release to guys like um like Matthews, um, mm-hmm. because you watch videos of these guys and it's like, how does a goalie have a chance? The tiny little changes in direction and the just absolute stupid shot. And we're talking, you mentioned too, like, there's something like Connor Bedard's been working on his shot since before he came out of the womb. Yeah, um, he was still inside his mommy's tummy and he was. Working on that toe drag release. All right, Coach Chippy. <laughs> All right. Now, here's one of my teams to watch. Now, obviously, what a shocker. Uh, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Vegas Golden Knights, man. They got basically the whole team together except for Riley Smith. Which definitely Riley Smith helps, but 
He doesn't make or break it. Uh, I don't know if they're going to win back-to-back cups. They're not. But, but, I think they're still a very strong team. Um, it could be interesting, though, because Aiden Hill does not have a long history of playing quite well like he did. So he might come back to the norm. It might not be as good. I don't know. Who knows? I feel like they're going to have um, Stanley Cup hangover. And yes, they are going to make the playoffs, but it's going to be a wild card. Wow. And they're out in the first round. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not going to be as dreamy as some people might think it is going to be. So that's my hot take. Okay. Okay. Here's my other team to watch. And arguably the second part of the actual Stanley Cup final, which just happened to be in the second round. And that was between the Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. Because arguably those were the two best teams or two of the best teams in the playoffs. Um, the Oilers, man. Uh, Jack Campbell did not have a great season. I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, Skinner, definitely a guy that is pretty solid, I would say. He's, he's got his moments for sure, but um, I think Connor McDavid put up over 150 points Yeah, last season. This dude is in his prime. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This dude is prime, ready to go, and he wants to win so badly. Mm -hmm. He does not give a shit about any other trophy except the Stanley Cup. And I'm pretty sure uh, Dreisaitl's right there with him. Um, And you can see on their face, too. Oh, man. I've been watching a few... uh, just to hype me up for the season, I've been watching a few of these fucking McDavid clips, and it's just, like, it's not fair. Um, any team with this player on is a team to watch, in my opinion. Um, combine that with Dreisaitl, combine that with bringing in... So, speaking of juniors, and speaking of juniors chemistry, they brought in Connor Brown, who played with McDavid in the OHL uh, for the Erie Otters. And they were absolutely incredible together. There was even, uh, at one point, like, Brown was outscoring McDavid in the juniors. So their chemistry could be pretty deadly. We'll see. But this is a team that all they want right now is the cup. That's it. That they got one thing on their mind, and that determination. We'll see. Obviously, what happens in the playoffs, but I, uh, I don't want to match up with this team in the playoffs. That's for sure. No, and um, this pains me to say as a Flames fan, but I feel like um, Edmonton Oilers have a basically a free ticket to the playoffs already based on the other competition in our division that we uh true respected teams are part of. Mm-hmm. Well, well, let's talk about some of that competition, right? So we got the LA Kings, which 
they made some moves, right? We talked about it earlier. They brought in Pierre-Luc Dubois. And that's all good and fine. But none of that means shit if you don't have goaltending. And their duo of Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot does not not give ideal. Me does not give me confidence. And so you can be great up front. You can be great on defense. But can't forget about the goaltending, my friend. Um, and they're also an older team, and I think they might might be in a wild card spot, but that would be about as high as I got them finishing the playoffs. They don't make it past the first round if they do make it. No, uh, their veteran presence will squeak them out some games. And yes, a goalie like Cam Tablet does have potential to play unreal because he used to be a real solid goalie. Yeah, but that was a few years ago, my friend. It's been I know, but that's been a while. Like I'm not saying he's gonna like have an outstanding season, but might have a it, few good games. Yeah, he definitely has the potential to steal a couple games here and there. That's fair. Um again, we talked about this team earlier. Seattle Kraken. Um Shane Wright, I think, will make the team this year. Um, I think he's ready. Other than that, they were a decent team last year, right? They were a good, solid overall team. I think they're back in the playoffs. They might make it to the second round again. I, I don't know. It could be like a... Um, I can't worry. They might be versing the Oilers in the uh, first round. That won't be good for them. <laughs> that will not be good for them. Although... Hear me out here. If Seattle stays out of the penalty box, I don't know. Man. Yeah, you're not they wrong. Depth. They got a lot of depth as opposed to uh, Edmonton, which obviously is a stacked fucking team. But, like, the third and fourth lines aren't, you know, world beaters. Yeah, you, for Edmonton, that you definitely just have to somehow outplay their top two lines. and Which, that's the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, all you got to do is contain McDavid. And not draw any penalties because, yeah, what were they like 80 some percent last year? It's just gross. No, but they were stupid good. I thought it was in the 80s. Their power play percentage, yeah, I think it was like 50 or 40 or something. It was still, it was really, really high. Well, it felt like it was in the 80s. <laughs> true, true. Okay, next up, we got. Everyone's least favorite team. Well, speak for yourself. Okay, I will. <laughs> Wait, who's Ryan Huska? He's the new head coach for... Um, huh. He was the assistant head coach. Oh, okay. I guess I would have read that if I would have read a couple more lines. That's cool. Yeah. So, anyway, the Flames... Um, Obviously, they're going to be trying to have a bounce-back year. Um, honestly, and I'll say this even as a Canucks fan, the Flames very easily could have made the playoffs last year because, mm -hmm. and not to rub salt in the wounds, it, but what's done is done. Y'all had 17 overtime losses. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like two points back of Winnipeg for making the playoffs? Yep. So, 
like yep. that's yep. the thing, right? If a couple pucks bounce a couple different ways, like y'all are in the playoffs. So I don't think like people are like, oh, Calgary's done. Calgary, blah blah blah. No, they got too much talent on that team. I think Huberdeau's gonna have a bounce back year. Yeah. Um, uh, new coach. Uh, he's already had a year to kind of get familiar with the players. Yeah, this, that was his. People forgot, like Huberdeau and Uyghur spent their entire season with Florida up until last year. Their entire career. Career. That's what I meant to say. But yeah, so, it's of and, course there's going to be some adjustment. Yeah, especially uh, like going from a market like Florida to Calgary where like any Canadian market all eyeballs are on you. Oh yeah. It's a lot more pressure, but now they know what they're up against and true. You know, Kadri, he isn't coming off of a um short off season like he did last year. Yep. Um and all that stuff. New head coach, new GM. Yeah, I'm I'm quite excited that as a Flames fan, the top line, at least what they're trying right now, sounded like it's going to be Lindholm, Huberto, and help me with that name with a Foley trade from the Devils. What's his name? Sharon Govich. Igor Thank Sharon you. Govich. That sounded like the uh, top line, and then you have Kaudry down on the second line. Probably much Pawnee. Yeah, it's uh, there's definitely a lot of reason to be optimistic as a Flames fan this year. And I'm not saying this just because I'm a Flames fan, I do see them making the playoffs. Um, I think they're actually going to do a lot better and be above the wild card. Maybe third place, um, and possibly even playing against the Golden Knights in the first round because I feel like the Golden Knights are going to make the wild card, um, or maybe it'll be second, third. I don't know. That's all I got. I'm fucking excited for hockey, dude. Mm-hmm. Our two teams play t- today in the preseason. Yep. It's uh, it's exciting. It's good times. Um, now on to a much better, but also much worse team. Barf. Uh, <laughs> we got the. Crew. I mean, you're ha- you're half right. <laughs> I am. Um, the Canucks. Oh boy, the Canucks. So Rick Talkin took over last year as the coach. Went twenty twelve and four, in thirty six games. Um, now obviously you're never going to get the full picture when a coach takes over halfway through a year, but they keep doing this. They keep fucking doing this. Brought Bruce Boudreaux in, he elevated the team and then the next year they were bad. And then they brought in talking and he elevated the team and then they'll probably be bad again. Um, I don't yeah, know what but team is like, doing. they have to stop making so many coaching changes. They have to, even you're going to go through some 
rough patches, but I've they're said not going to get anywhere if they're going to keep making changes like that. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. They need to change the ownership. The team needs to be sold. They've changed GMs multiple times, coaches multiple times, personnel, all this shit, and nothing changes. They're still consistently average to bad. And until that happens, I don't think it'll change because the ownership always wants to try to make the playoffs, and that's just not sustainable uh, because, A, we're not making the playoffs, and, B, then you don't get any good prospects or not as good prospects. We're always just good enough to not get a good pick. Of course, this year, yeah, let's bring in a coach so we do a little bit better towards the end of the season so we get a worse draft pick chance in the year of Connor fucking Bedard. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? We're already bad. We're already not going to make the playoffs. Why the fuck do you care? Be bad. Just commit to being bad. Yeah. That's how you get these players. How do you think Toronto got fucking Austin Matthews? They committed to being bad. Yeah. <laughs> Like so, rebuilds and stuff like this, they take time, and it seems like the Canucks ownership, like you said, they want to win now, and that's not exactly how it works. It's not. They still think it's 2011, and it's well, just not. Yeah, it's but time to move on. It is because we get to talk about a team that's even worse the San Jose <laughs> Sharks. <laughs> they are so bad. Um, this article seems to have hope for them or potential. They're going to be terrible. I can yeah. almost guarantee it. Um, I don't know. I don't have much to say on them other than they're going to be terrible. No, these last two teams are that we're going to talk about are literally the reason why Vancouver Canucks can't get a good draft pick. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> these teams are even worse. Anaheim Ducks, I don't know what they're doing because Trevor Zegras and Jamie Drysdale have not been signed yet. Um, they're both RFAs. And obviously everyone knows Trevor Zegras, you know, crazy moves over the net, blah, blah, blah. But Jamie Drysdale, I would argue, is almost more important. He's an incredible young defenseman. Um, really good puck mover. I, I think he's uh, just as important, if not more, and neither of them have a contract. So I'm not sure what Anaheim's doing because these are players that you want to lock up. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. It's uh, But then they went and signed money, sent, spent money on like Alex Kalorn and Radko Gudis, these older guys, and it's like, sign your younger, incredible talent. I don't know. You're not wrong. They're they're going to be last place this year. You think Anaheim's going to be? I think San Jose is going to be last in the West. Well, I'm glad that um, teams that are in our division that we cheer for, um, we both think are going to be really bad. It gives us a little chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, it makes our two teams that we cheer for look a lot better than they usually are. It's true. (laughs) But there's a little more business to attend to before we sign off. There's already been a lot longer of an episode, but that's okay. It's a jumbo episode. But a 
Um, way too early Stanley Cup predictions. I find this a lot of fun to do. We're not doing the playoffs or anything like that. Just a straight up um, the final matchup. How many games is going to take and the winner? So, I mean, Austin, hockey's your your thing. So you you want to start first or what? Um. So sorry, are we just picking the two teams that are going to be in the Stanley Cup? Yeah, and then how many games is going to take, and then the winner. Dang. Okay. Are you writing this down? No, but I will. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. I got it. Okay. Stanley Cup final is going to be Edmonton. All right. All right. And Carolina. Ooh, interesting. We got a rematch. What was that? Oh eight. Nope. Oh wow. Further back. It was the year after the Flames were in the. Oh oh five. That's right. Yeah. Oh five oh six or something or oh six oh six. It was the lockout. All right, and how many games, and who's taking the cup home? Edmonton's taking it in six. Oh, the first Canadian team win since what, 92? Before my birth, 93. Oh, that was, I was a year old. (laughs) Yep, you were a year old when the last Canadian team won, the Montreal Canadiens. Gross. Well, we agree on half of this prediction. Edmonton Oilers are going to be in the cup. Ooh. It's going to go to six games. Ooh. But the winner of the cup is not going to be the Oilers because they're going to be playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh. And the Penguins are going to do what the Boston Bruins attempted to do with their old guys like Crosby and Melk and all that stuff. And one last hurrah. They're going to be playing with broken necks, broken spines, broken everything. <laughs> they're going to maybe be in wheelchairs and stuff. But they're, they're going to be held to... together with duct tape. Yeah. Um, hey, if it worked for Red Green and the Red Green Show, then it worked for the... Pittsburgh Penguins, and they're going to win in six games against Hamilton Oilers. Okay. Interesting. I mean, watch. Both of those teams aren't even going to make the playoffs now, but hey. Could be. Holy Ooh. crap. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez Louise. That was aggressive. So I you heard that, but not the jet that flew over? <laughs> right? I heard that clear as day. <laughs> Well, like I said, this episode's already been a lengthy one. That's okay. We had fun. But most importantly, everyone out there, stay stoned. My friends, stay safe. Bye.